Hello, listener, and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mahangi. Lydia Acheng is on standby with the family of segment. Today, she will talk about love the Lord, your God. Pastor Paul Lahonya will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, he'll be talking about sinning because we are sinful. Stay tuned for this and some songs which in store for you. Here's a song, Magia Ozima, by Akesha Singers. Ni 
This is a new life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Lydia Aching with the Family Life segment. Be blessed. Dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. I'm your presenter, Lydia Aching. Today's topic is Love the Lord Your God. Love the Lord Your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's found in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 39. That's what Jesus said is the greatest commandment there is when he was questioned by the religious leaders of his day. And Jesus' reply is no less relevant today than it was in the days when he walked this earth. We want to ask you, do you really love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind? We're not asking if you say you do, but do you show it by how you live your life? 
The Bible says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has had but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. James chapter 1 verse 22 to 25. In the light of these words from the Bible, is your life showing the love you say you have for your God? Are you a Bible hearing or listening person or a Bible living believer? If you say you are a Bible living believer who loves the Lord, what about the second greatest commandment that Jesus pointed out? Are you showing that you love your neighbor as yourself by how you live your life? What about how you live with your spouse? You can't get any closer of a neighbor than your spouse. Do you love the Lord so dearly that you are living out the love of Christ with your spouse? I came to realize that the teachings of 1 Corinthians 13 are more than nice idealistic suggestions. I have to apply them to how I live my life with my husband. If I don't treat my husband Steve with love, being patient with his shortcomings, being kind to him in how I speak to him, not being rude or easily angered, all I say about my love for the Lord is equal to the noise-making of a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. The principle is that all I do for my husband is what I also am doing for the Lord, as unto the Lord. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James 1, chapter, two, James chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. Are you keeping yourself from being polluted by the world and their standards of how you approach your marriage partner? We say marriage partner because that's what you are when you marry. You join in partnership with God and with your spouse in addressing his or her aloneness. To participate as God's colleague in ministering to his or her needs and vice versa. But even if your spouse doesn't participate in partnering with you in this way, you still need to do your part if you are to follow the words of the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. Read what Dr. David Ferguson says about partnering with God in marriage. He says, My wife Teresa and I believe that God is the ultimate source for meeting all our needs. We understand our deep need for God. Nothing else, not possessions, not success, not another person can fill the God-shaped vacuum within each of us. God alone brings peace and order to the human heart. Yet God, in his unsearchable wisdom, has chosen to partner with us to remove the not good out of aloneness in our spouses. He is still the source for taking away the not good of being alone in our marriages. But he desires to enlist us as his colleagues in the process. Keep in mind that you are not your spouse's Holy Spirit. God is. And your spouse is not to be your everything either. He or she is to be God's colleague, but not his substitute. As author Lisa Tuckhurst said, even a great husband makes a poor God. The main thing that has transformed my marriage is my letting God be my God. Instead of focusing on all the things my husband didn't do right or letting his approval or disapproval consume me, I learned to go to God and say, Lord, I know you love me and you love my husband. So please either change him or change my heart toward him or this issue we are facing. 
Sometimes he'll soften my husband, but more times than not, God will change me. Don't allow the world to handcuff you into loving your spouse as it says you should. Look to the Bible as your guidebook for how you should demonstrate your love towards your spouse. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you have a bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. James chapter 3 verse 13 to 18. Don't forget to hold back enough energy so you aren't too busy to be kind to each other. Keep in mind that if you're too busy to be kind, you're too busy. No activities justify being unkind to each other. Love the Lord your God and love your spouse as yourself. He wants you, your heart, your love, and for you to love those he loves. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you. You are tuned to Adventist on Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Maangi. Our producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Send them to the producer, Adventist on Radio, P.O. Box 42276, Code 001001, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also drop us an email at awrnairobi at ak.adventist.org. Let us now listen to Akesha Singers with the song, Peke Sitaweza.
It is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Pastor Wahonya. Welcome, Pastor. Dear listener, today let us look at the topic of sinning because we are sinful. A group of students were assigned a corpse to study for their medical course. They gathered together in the room where the corpse lay and discussed the problem before them. He looks awfully pale, said the first student, and he just lies there doing nothing, added the second. I am quite sure he's not getting enough exercise to stay healthy, observed the third. I think our first objective should be to get him up and around to help get his circulation going, concluded the fourth. So they began trying to convince the corpse to start moving about, but the corpse just stayed on the table, cold and quiet, no matter what they said or did. Now, dear friend, this is a parable, but using this somewhat gruesome analogy, we can correctly state that a corpse lies on the table because he is dead. He is not dead because he lies on the table. Likewise, for us human beings, we sin because we are sinful. We are not sinful because we sin. Dear listener, spiritually, we are all born dead. Paul says in Ephesians 2 verse 1, that we are dead in trespasses and sins. The sinful deeds which sinful people commit are only the result of that condition, not the cause. In a book I recently read, the author stated that sin originated in self-seeking. Think about that for a minute, dear friend. Lucifer had been honored above all the angels of heaven. He was the highest of all created beings. But instead of continuing to seek after God, instead of seeking fellowship with him, instead of seeking God's glory and honor as the highest goal, Lucifer began seeking his own glory. Sin did not begin with Lucifer stealing apples of the tree of life. It began with self-seeking and glorifying the creature instead of the creator. Dear listener, it is a law of the universe that it is impossible to seek God's glory and our own glory at the same time. The Bible clearly tells us to fear God and give glory to him. 
the work of the gospel, dear friend, has no room for the glory of man. Justification by faith, says one author, is the work of God in laying the glory of man in the dust and doing for man that which is not in his power to do for himself. Worshipping ourselves instead of God is the cause of all the sins that follow. A strong-willed person may be able to control his behavior, but not even the strongest person can change his sinful condition. It is therefore impossible for us, dear listener, of ourselves to escape from the pit of sin in which we are sunken. Our hearts are evil and we cannot change them. Any external change that we accomplish apart from Christ only results in our own glory coming to the top and the glory of God going to the dust. And do you know what happens, dear friend? We end up farther than ever from the life in Christ that is offered through relationship and fellowship with him. Yes, a corpse can be washed and groomed and dressed in the finest clothes. It may not be guilty of doing even one wrong thing. It can even be taken to church, but it is still a corpse. Therefore, dear friend, only new life from within, given by God, can bring about the change from death to life, from sin to righteousness. That new life is received through a relationship with Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 verse 2 that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Why don't you, dear friend, give your life to Christ now and experience this change? That brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. We'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about the program by you writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through Nairobi at ek.adventist.org. Join me next time, same place, same time. But until then, may our God keep you safe. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi.